Hey, welcome back to another episode of Random Righteous Reflections. Yes, I kind of changed the name a little bit because I thought it would be better sounding uh, to begin with the random part. If not, who knows how many times we'll change it. If anybody else has any other great ideas for a title, feel free to message me. And also, if you have any uh, comments at any time, feel free to message me those as well. Okay, so this technically is episode five, but I think I'm going to go back and combine the first four episodes into one, and then, of course, I'll just do one episode at a time. Even though they're longer, they're only in 30-minute segments, so if you want to switch things up and listen to part of it or the end of it, I think that will work better than trying to go through a thousand different episodes instead of just individual ones. That way I can give them a name. You can find them easier. Anyway, enough about that. Welcome to Random Righteous Reflections. I'm Corey Baumgartner. And today we're going to be talking about pirates, right? (laughs) I told you it was random. And you might be wondering, well, how do pirates uh, fit into Random Righteous Reflections? Well, let's go find out, shall we? All right. So I know today is not uh, Talk Like a Pirate Day. I believe that is September 19th, but, uh, you know, we don't have time to wait for that. We can, we, can, we can talk like pirates anytime we want, but trust me, you don't want me to do a whole podcast talking like a pirate. Not that I couldn't do it. Actually, it sounds kind of fun, but anyway, here we go. Okay, so let's think about pirates here. Pirates are always on the lookout for plunder, pillage, and treasures to be stolen. And that's their namesake, pirates. They pirate things. They also destroy things. They do whatever they need to do to get whatever they want. Now, in life, we can, of course, since we're speaking righteously and good versus evil, pirates are the evil guys. Pirates are the devils. Pirates are the the demons that surround us and the sins that easily beset us. So as we go through life, when we sin, we're training to become a pirate. And uh, while we may be reluctant to join the pirate ranks of the devil at first, the more that we give in to temptation, the more that we sin, it's almost as if he's training us by entertaining us until we forget why we ever doubted that our destiny was with him in the first place. You know, we start thinking, wow, why was I ever, why didn't I become a pirate sooner? Why was I ever trying to not be a pirate? This is fun. This is exciting. Well, yeah. As you know, wickedness is not happiness. It's only temporary. It's counterfeit. And unfortunately, as we give in to the training and entertaining of the greatest pirate of all, the devil, we commit moral mutiny against our divine destiny uh, and commit riotous revelry, and we become apprentices to the pirate, the adversary, and then we begin to learn the skills and trades of a pirate, and we leave our Heavenly Father behind, unfortunately. Now, as it says, random. So here's some random questions, or at least a random question. There'll be other questions throughout the episode. 
Would you rather be a pirate plundering the seven seas or would you rather be a pilot flying above them? They both sound the same, but both of their skill sets and their functions, their desires, even their destinies or their destinations are different. Think about that. Okay, so as we move on here, you would think the piracy does not pay. Oh, it depends on what kind of heart you have. If you have the heart of a pirate, uh, you know no mercy for other people. The adversary certainly is not kind-hearted. Uh, he will always attack the weaker enemy and hopefully gain a friend or an ally so that he doesn't get thrashed by a stronger enemy. That's how pirates work. They, they join forces. You know, you can have one pirate ship, but if you have several pirate ships, much more effective. Now, it's not that the devil's not afraid of stronger, uh, stronger pirates or stronger, what are we going to call the righteous people? Stronger, the righteous side of this. There's pirates and there's what? What else, what else are we going to call them? Angels, sailors, spiritual sailors. Whatever you want to call them, the devil, it, basically us, it's us. We're out there on the ocean. No matter what size of ship we are sailing, the adversary has pirates out there to be on, on guard, on watch for any spiritual ships trying to set sail for the promised land that are carrying precious cargo from one place to another and try to intercept and destroy them. So he's not afraid to go after any vessel. However, if he's going to go after a strong one, say one with lots of cannons, one with lots of uh, experienced sailors who not only know how to sail but know, but also know how to fight, then he's not afraid to go after them either, but he has to wear them down. That's how, that's how he has to get any one of us. Depending on our strength, depending on our skills, depending on our experience and our dedication to the Lord, our captain, our master and commander, so to speak, he has to wear us down. He has to get us away from any righteous reinforcements to make us weak, to make us isolated, and then he attacks. That's the best way a pirate can get your treasure. He isolates you. He weakens you. And he discourages you into thinking you can't beat him or outrun him. And that's how he gets you. But that's only if we let him. And the devil knows, and I hope you know too, that we have a very loving and protective Heavenly Father. We absolutely do. And just to kind of switch things up a little bit, in order for the adversary, because pirates don't just take treasure. Pirates also take prisoners. But in order for the adversary to kidnap us, as I was saying, he has to orphan us. He has to separate us. He has to isolate us from our heavenly parents, so to speak. And then, not only that, but he'll, he will tell you that God abandoned you. But really, it was, it was you and it was me that abandoned God first because we chose to sail with the pirates or learn 
the practices of a pirate. So we, we orphan ourselves. And now, of course, the adversary wants to adopt us into his crew. He wants to make us part of his, his crew and to teach us his way so that he has a stronger force to go out into the world and plunder and destroy. So if you want to kind of go on the, uh, the orphan analogy here for just a second, the stowaway, so to speak, it's, it's us. We give custody rights to the devil. Each time that we forget and forsake our Heavenly Father, every time we commit moral mutiny, every time that we uh, desire things that are unrighteous, that we think about things that are unrighteous and not try to get those thoughts out of our mind and clean up our lives, clean up our mind, clean up our heart, we are giving the devil power over us. We are allowing him to uh, either commandeer our vessel, our virtuous vessels, or or sink them in discouragement and despair, or to deceive us into joining his crew. Now, I guarantee you, I don't even think guarantees the, a strong enough word, but the devil, and we're going we're gonna to switch gears a little bit. We're going to talk about some romance. I know, we got, we got to talk about romance on the high seas. Life isn't just sailing and, and, uh, and what else you do when you sail? <laughs> you go to the, you know, you look at the ocean, you, you fish, you transport cargo. Life on the ocean is not as much fun or as worthwhile, at least to this uh, sailor, sailor's heart, if you have to do it alone. Now, uh, someday probably I would like to do a personal podcast, and then we can then we can really talk about all these, uh, all the great experiences and not so great experiences I've had uh, dating on the seven seas. But for now, this podcast, these episodes are for you. These are things that I've thought about that hopefully will help you think and hopefully help you feel more hope and courage in your life. So it's random, not because it's irresponsible and just throwing out weird stuff all the time, weird thoughts. It's just random in, in that I don't want it to be just one topic that's easy to just go, ah, I don't want to hear about that today. I want it to be so random also that you can turn in and tune in to any place of the podcast and get some kind of a thought, some kind of an idea that helps you through your day or helps you live a better life or just just picks you up a little bit and helps you get going to the next to the next moment. So, you know, we're talking about pirates, we're talking about sailing. You know, we can't just make the whole thing about evil. We got to put some love in here too. But as I said, you know, it is random. So don't let the randomness uh, get frustrating. Just be excited. You know, what's coming next? What could it be? You know, that's, that's, that's the point. So romance on the high seas. First of all, let me just say this. The devil knows absolutely that we as humans children of our Heavenly Father, are not created to be alone. And that's not just for companionship reasons. That's for 
power and fortification reasons. The more people we have on our vessels supporting us, the stronger we are, the happier we are, the more we are able to accomplish. Doesn't mean we're not going to sail through storms or have pirates attack us or maybe even have some kind of mutiny on our own ships or stowaways or rats or barnacles or doldrums. There's so many great analogies that we'll get to. There are other episodes where I'll talk specifically about sailing, but today it's mostly about pirates. But that being said, life is not meant to sail alone. And the devil knows that. And the devil also knows how much stronger we are when we are with other people, especially when we find that someone special that even if we're just dating them, we're stronger together because we have that, not just a specific, but a special person in our lives whose focus is more on our hearts as our hearts are focused more on theirs. So it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing, love. It's also a very frustrating thing. Trust me. You don't even have to trust me. I'm sure most people out there listening to this understand maybe even more about what I'm saying, that love can be frustrating. But when, when you do find that person, it's amazing. And the devil knows that. And that's why, as a pirate, he doesn't just try to steal our morality and our integrity and our joy and our happiness. He wants to steal our love. He wants to ruin and plunder the beautiful, the purity and the beautiful things in our life, including and especially uh, the special people in our lives. So love is an inestimable treasure. It means its value is so great you can't even imagine. You can't even quantify or estimate how great and how powerful love is. It's the greatest treasure. Um, And the devil would love nothing more than to take love from us or to keep love from finding us. And sometimes, you know, when we're talking about dating, there are people who have been through so many difficult and discouraging times in dating that they kind of give up. And then when, when they do find that person, and we'll talk about this a little later in probably another episode, but or at least another part of the episode, where even when we come across someone who would be great for us, we're afraid or we doubt. We might recognize that that's a great person that we would be able to be not just compatible with, but companions with. We just, we, we lack the faith. We, we've been attacked by pirates so many times, or we've been shipwrecked on the, shipwrecked by love on islands of loneliness so many times and for so long that we just feel like we can't do it. We can't, we can't, uh, we can't even recognize uh, love anymore. But we can, and we will. We just, we have to keep having faith. We have to keep sailing. We have to keep moving forward. Um, Yeah, a lot of great sailing analogies. But that's just a random thought uh, about romance in between these other thoughts. So let's get back to uh, piracy. Now, you cannot have a pirate head, meaning the thoughts of a pirate 
the actions of a pirate, the desires of a pirate, without having a pirate heart. You just can't. They both affect each other. And it's the same thing with, with anything in life. You know, as a man thinketh, or as a woman thinketh, so are they. What we think we become. What we think we do, we act out. And the more we act it out, the more we become what we act out. So if, if we have pirate thoughts or pirate desires, chances are pretty good we're going to become a pirate. And how will other, and how, well, let me finish that thought. Because that sounds kind of discouraging. But it should be encouraging because... If we don't want to be a pirate, then what's the way to do it? We stop thinking like a pirate. We stop acting like a pirate. We stop talking like a pirate. And eventually, we become who we think, talk, and act like. And hopefully, it's not a pirate, but Heavenly Father or the Savior or someone in our lives who is reflecting the light and love of Christ. And we want to be like them. So we... We begin to, we're not, we're not trying to be robots. We're not going to think exactly like they do or act exactly like they do or talk exactly like they do. But we want to start doing things that are better, that are righteous, going to places, hanging out with people, watching things on TV, listening to music that is uplifting for our souls. And hopefully, if you have questions about what exactly that means, how do we know if something's uplifting? How do we understand or learn where to find the things that are good and nourishing for us as we sail the seven seas of life? That's what these podcasts are for. So keep listening. Keep tuning in. I promise you we will cover that. Because while it is random righteous reflections, there are lots of them. So stay tuned. Now, as pirates, one way that they would discourage someone that they're about to attack and plunder is they would raise up the pirate flag. They'd raise up a flag. Once you saw the skull and crossbones or whatever uh, symbol was on that flag that represented evil, it kind of sent fear throughout the crew. And either the crew, if they weren't prepared and they weren't ready, they would just surrender right away. They wouldn't even try to fight. They would just realize, okay, I recognize that flag. We're dead. We're not even going to fight. Just take what you want and get and, and please leave us alone. Get out of here. And so this kind of reminds me of the verse in Matthew chapter 7 where it talks about, by their fruits you shall know them. Well, at the same time, in this case, by their flags, you shall know them. But then, of course, you have the pirates who would pretend to be a righteous vessel by running up a flag, a friendly flag. And the other crew would think on on another vessel would think, oh, okay, they're not pirates. Look at their flag. And they would allow them to approach and then the pirates would attack them and ambush them. So there are a lot of different ways the adversary can deceive us. So just because somebody 
looks like they are good and righteous. And I'm not trying. I'm not trying to get you to to uh, start being paranoid every time somebody righteous or good or you know wants to help you or do something nice for you. I'm not trying to get you to be paranoid about that because there are good and great people out there. And I think there needs to be more. I'm sure you would agree. So I'm not trying to say that to, I don't want you to be doubtful and go out into the world mistrusting everybody and always on, on, on the lookout for uh, pirates pretending to be friends. Because you can tell. You can tell pretty quickly if someone has good intentions or not. I'm just saying be careful out there for counterfeit um, counterfeit happiness, counterfeit joy, anything that appears to be good for you, but then you just have a bad feeling about it. I would say trust your feelings, trust your gut, and trust God to direct and protect you while you're out there on the seven seas of life every day. All right, let's take a little bit of a, of, a, of a detour. We're still going to be talking about the devil. It's important to talk about the devil. I know it might, it might be discouraging, but this isn't Helen, Helen Brimstone uh, kind of talk about the devil. This is just giving you more of an insight of how he works because the more that we know how he works, the better we can protect ourselves against him, Right? Know thy enemy. Why? So that we can understand how to protect and defend ourselves. That's why we also need to know our friends and also need to know our Heavenly Father and our Savior so that we can use their guidance and their protection to help us. Because that's what we need to do in life. We don't just want to sit there and be paranoid all the time, wondering, am I going to get attacked today? Am I going to be able to survive? Am I going to get... You know, am I going to get attacked by pirates today? Are they going to steal my treasure? The more we go through life worrying and wondering like that, we don't have any time to enjoy it because we're always paranoid. We're always worried. We're always anxious about how are we going to get through this day? How am I going to get through this trial? And again, that's why we also don't just want to focus on the pirates. We want to focus on our captain, Jesus Christ our master and commander, because he's the one that not only teaches us how to sail our vessels, but teaches us how to protect them. He is our comforter, okay? If you remember in the Bible when uh, Jesus was asleep on the boat with the apostles, they were out fishing, and a great storm arose. He was able to kind of skipping ahead a little bit, once he was awakened and aware of the situation, he was able to calm the storms, the wind and the waves, as obeyed his voice, as they say. Well, that's why we need him sailing on each of our vessels, because the wind and the waves that obeyed his voice thousands of years ago are the same wind and waves And it's the same voice, and they recognize each other, and the same thing will happen in our lives. The wind and the waves and the storms in our life still recognize and bow down to 
the power of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So with that being said, a couple more thoughts here in this episode. And uh, in this section of the episode, got to get used to that. Um, the devil loves to prey upon our inexperience. He loves the innocent people who don't know better. Now, that's 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 not saying that just because we're innocent, we're we're in trouble, we're not going to make it. What I'm saying is inexperience by inex, by saying inexperience is that a lot of times in life we may not learn something or things that we should have learned uh, growing up, whether we are parents or or our our children growing up. We all need experience. We all learn from experience, some good, some bad. But this thought pertains to before we came to earth, Heavenly Father drew a veil. He covered our minds, our memories with a veil, so that when we got to earth, we may not have been able to mentally remember him, our hearts still do, I believe. But this is because earth is, in a sense, a testing place, a place, a proving ground to see if we will choose the Savior and our Heavenly Father again. Just like we chose them in the beginning, that's why we came to earth, because we chose Heavenly Father's plan. We chose Jesus to be the one to implement it and the one to help make it a success. You remember the the famous uh, quote from the Bible, when Heavenly Father presented his plan, Jesus said, here am I, send me. And the glory be thine. Of course, the adversary, the devil, Lucifer, said, well, no, here am I, look at me, I'll go do it. But, you know, his heart was, I want the glory. And I'll make sure everybody gets back. A lot of, lot of doctrine in there. Don't really want to get into doctrinal things because I know that's more easy to refute. And I don't want to get into any rebuttals or arguments about thoughts. I want this podcast to be something that's just uplifting. That either you agree with things or you don't. But there's no real things that... That... Uh, will change your heart unless you want them to. I'm not going to force anything. I'm not going to pirate anything. I'm also not going to going to uh, force anything. The proof is in the pudding. The proof is in living life the best that you can. And that's what we're all here for. So this mortal experience may seem tougher at times because we don't remember our heavenly existence, our pre-mortal existence. If we could, could you imagine the strength we would have if we remembered who we were and whose we are? There's great power in that when we realize that we are children of God. But that doesn't mean that we can't learn to love our Heavenly Father and forsake the devil without knowing everything or remembering everything. Yes, we do have to learn for ourselves through experiences, both good and bad, who we are, who the devil is, and of course, and most importantly, who God is, our Heavenly Father. 
And the more we apply ourselves to this quest, the sooner we will find our answers, our strength, and the ability and the fortitude to press forward in this life, despite the pirates, despite the shipwrecks and the leaks and the barnacles and the planks and man overboard, all those, all those things that you have to worry about on a ship, torn sails, uh, the rudders busted, uh, or you run aground because you sailed too close to something that you shouldn't have, and then you kind of get shipwrecked. Now, that being said, I just want everybody out there, as this uh, part of the episode kind of winds down, to remember that, yes, there are pirates. Yes, there are challenges on the seven seas of life. But they are still worth sailing. It's still worth it to build your ship and set sail. You know the quote that, uh, that says, a ship in the harbor is safe. But that's not what ships are built for. If you want to build a ship and leave it in the harbor, you might as well just build a houseboat. But if you want to go to where Heavenly Father needs you to go, if you want to cross the oceans, if you want to get to the promised land, you're going to have to learn to set sail, to build your ship and have the courage to set sail and learn how to sail and have courage to go out there and cross the great deep. But it's not just courage in yourself. It's courage and commitment to our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Master and Commander. He's the one that will get us safely across the sea. I promise you, he will. All right, welcome back to Random Righteous Reflections. This is part two of episode two. We're just going to get right into it here. Earlier, I talked about how pirates will often raise the wrong flag as a deception to allow them to get closer to their prey and then, of course, attack and hopefully not have as much resistance because the other vessel thought they were friends. They were friendly, so they allowed them to get closer. Well, that's part of what the adversary, that's part of his his strategy. That's one of his greatest strategies is to convince people that he doesn't exist or that he exists, but he doesn't mean any harm. He just wants us to enjoy life more, you know, eat, drink, be merry. There's no harm. There's no dangers. <laughs> the devil wants the best for us too. But these are lies. These are all deceptions used to get in close to us and then destroy us and sink us. And not only sink us, but sink us and, uh, and allow the sharks uh, who are just waiting down below ready for any one of us to fall overboard because we're not paying attention or, or to sink. Just enough for them to attack and get a snack. Now, one of the things about sailing is we don't have to wait for the pirates to come to us. A lot of times, not a lot of times, but a lot of, there are a lot of opportunities for us 
to sail into his waters, to be lured by him uh, into sailing into his waters, into his uh, lands of wickedness. And he does. He lures us in with promises of pleasure, promises of, like I said, the eat, drink, and be merry. Come have fun. Don't worry about the commandments. Don't worry about church on Sunday. Don't worry about scripture, study, or prayer. Those things don't help. Those things don't make you feel good. Sail your ship over here. But then, of course, we find ourselves too far out, too far away. And when we get into the devil's seas, there are no winds. Meaning, that's how most vessels, most sailing vessels, get going. That's why they're called sailing vessels, because they have sails, and the sails can't work without wind. And there is no wind in the devil's oceans. It's, it, it's, it's the doldrums. The doldrums are places that sailors fear because there's no wind. There's no wind to get them back home. There's no wind to get them out of there. And without the wind, you can't row a giant vessel. I mean, I guess you could, but you you just get stuck, and then you wander and you drift. And that's, of course, pirates love that. But again, just because we're not being attacked by pirates doesn't mean we're safe. It doesn't mean we can go anywhere we want to go. Because even if we try to jump overboard or jump abandoned ship, we're too far away to swim and we get too tired and we just give up and we drown because we think there's no way we can swim back to the safety of, of righteous waters. That's why, yes, we need to be on the lookout for pirates, but we also need to be on the lookout for our direction. Where are we headed? Where are we sailing? Where are we going in our lives? Are we going where there's going to be wind, where there's going to be safety, where there's going to be help or are we sailing into treacherous waters are we are we sailing into places where it will be more easy for pirates to attack us as well as it would be more easy for us to become lost and not know where we are and then of course we run out of supplies we run out of water to drink and we just begin to starve spiritually now one of the things that I talk about, uh, that I, I'll talk about at another time, but some of the things that I've written about in actual words, not just speaking them in a podcast, uh, one of the great pirates, one of the great uh, pirate ships out there, or, or pirate clans, however you want to call it, is about pornography, the pirates of pornography. Now, this is a topic that is still pretty sensitive to a lot of people. They don't like the word pornography. They don't like to hear about it. They don't like to discuss it. And I get that. You don't want to just hear about it all the time because it gets old. It gets, I don't know, it just, people don't like to hear about bad things all the time. And we shouldn't. But 
we still need to discuss them once in a while to remind us not just that they're there, but also to prepare us so that when they do appear, because the world today, it's, it's no longer just uh, here and there. It is a flood of filth. It is a absolute flood. The world is being not just saturated with uh, immorality, especially as technology increases its ability to uh, deliver the devil to everybody, not just now, not just to the home computer, but to where, where it's easy to see, you know, how they always say, well, if you have a home computer, make sure you put it out in the living room where people can see it. Well, now home computers uh, are pocket size. You can carry sin with you wherever you are. You can hide it uh, wherever you are, especially when you're in your own bedroom. You don't have a computer in there. It doesn't matter anymore with technology. If you have a cell phone, you can access the very same filth and sin that you could on a regular computer. And that is both scary, but it's also something that you should want to hear about because it gives you the opportunity then to know that it exists so that you can help prevent it and protect both yourself and your children if you have them, your friends, even your spouse. Because just like the Lord is no respecter of persons, the devil is no respecter of persons either. He doesn't care how old you are. He doesn't care if you're married, single, divorced, have kids, don't have kids. He wants your soul. And he'll use any way he can to make you to mi- make you miserable and to get you trapped in sin. So we do need to hear about these things once in a while. Uh, not necessarily to reprimand us, but as I said, to remind us that they exist and therefore they require preparation. They require our attention so that we can defeat them. And I do believe they can be defeated. If everybody defeats them in their own lives and in their own homes, the neighborhoods, the communities, the nations, the states, the nations, the world will take care of itself. We'll be, we'll be, we'll be clear. I mean, that's how it's going to work in the, in, in the last days, in the second coming. Yes, the Lord will destroy wickedness, um, you know, when he returns. But part of that will be our helping him by destroying it in our own lives. And the great thing is we don't have to wait. We don't have to wait for the Savior to come back to defeat evil in our lives. So back to the pirates of pornography. The devil does love to deceive us with beauty. And, of course, we know we've heard it before, beauty's only skin deep. Well, it's not. We can talk about that later as well. Beauty comes from who we are as children of God. Beauty comes from our soul, from our hearts, from our minds, our personality, not only and not even mostly from our physical beauty. In fact, the more beautiful we are inside, it really does affect how we are on the outside. And in some ways, it does work the other way as well. If we look beautiful, we feel beautiful, but it's more importantly to be beautiful and focus on those beautiful things on the inside and let them affect the outside because they will affect the outside. They really, really will. Now, 
it's unfortunate that um, women seem to be the object or are objectified as the uh, the bait, so to speak. They these these women have been. Um, I don't even think they would agree with me if I said they were deceived because a lot of the women who get involved in pornography probably don't even realize that they've been deceived or could be deceived or that there even is a devil trying to use them to destroy other people. They see it as a career or a way to support their family. And I understand that. It's it's very heartbreaking to know or to think that there are great mothers out there who feel that their only way to support their family is to uh, to en- enter into that world, that wicked world. You know, they 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 flaunt their beauty, and to to men who are also good and great men who are being deceived. It's like it's like it. it there's just so much to this. I apologize that it's kind of, uh, f- not, it's not flustering me. I just want to be sure that I present this in a way, because whenever you talk about sensitive subjects, I never want to come across that I know everything or that I've done everything because I certainly don't and I certainly haven't, thankfully, and I certainly won't. But when you when you get to these types of, of topics, and I'm sure I will get to this one again, I'll come around to it again, because virtue and morality are so important to our lives, so important. Not just because they bring us safety and happiness and joy, but because there are a lot of people out there who are lost, who are sinking, who are drowning in despair because of these types of immoral uh addictions to pornography and to other other things that they feel there's no hope. So that's why I say I want to be careful when I talk about this, not because I don't want to offend somebody, but because I want to be sure that I'm saying something that brings hope to those people, to let them know that, yeah, you may have screwed up, you may have messed up, you may have done things that you wish you wouldn't have done, and done them to or with other people that you wish you wouldn't have done them to or with, whether they were real people or, I mean, actual in in physical people or in magazines or on websites. The point is, anytime I talk about pornography, anytime I talk about alcoholism or drugs or anything that distracts us, deceives us, uh, and detours us away from our Heavenly Father and the love and happiness that He wants us to have. I want to not just say it's bad. I want to remind everyone out there who is partaking of these things or who has been poisoned by these things that they are still good, that they are still children of God, that they still are loved by Him and needed by Him and that He will help them return. I know a lot of people out there think that once you cross that line, once you uh, have an addiction that uh, you can't go back, you'll never be trusted, you'll never be loved again. And that's that's not just the person who's who's trapped saying that, that's the people who 
who look at them and go, oh, you have that in your past. Uh, I, I know I, I can't date you or I can't uh, be married to you or, or trust you with my kids or my family. And I understand there are some things out there that are so um, evil and, and so destructive that, yes, there may be some issues where that's not possible or not uh, recommended that you, you just shouldn't do it. You shouldn't be around some people uh, at, at certain points when they've, when they've really gone too far to where they no longer have a choice in the matter. But there are more, more often than not, there are good and great people out there who just made some mistakes, who just got detoured, who sailed into the wrong waters got shipwrecked, got sank, and who are really trying to rebuild their ships, rebuild their lives, and learn how to sail and be more worthy sailors. Those are the people that we have to be careful not to just judge and 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 discard them because they're trying to live a better life. So if you're one of those people, that's one of the reasons why I also do this podcast is to remind you who you are. You're a child of God. You're loved. And I understand that sometimes we do do things that we wish we wouldn't have, and sometimes we've done them for so long that we think there's no hope. But there's always hope. There's always healing. There's always love. So whatever you're going through, whatever you're working through, even if other people aren't willing to work on it with you or, or can't or shouldn't, that's okay. Stay close to your Savior. All right. And again, if you have any questions or if you think I should cover a, a different topic or if you if you want me to cover this topic more in depth, maybe with more examples or more um, scriptures or just more uplifting thoughts, please let me know and I will make that happen. Because again, this podcast is for you guys. It's for anyone out there who needs hope, help, uh, or just a pick-me-up. It doesn't matter. Wherever you are on your journey in life, whether you're sailing, driving, walking, climbing, cycling, whatever it is, I want you to be able to to get some kind of good thoughts, good feelings, good, good uh, positive energy from these thoughts. And, of course, allow the Spirit of God to to tailor them to your specific situations. So let's get back to the, the uh, uh, Pirates of Pornography thing real quick, and then we'll move on before this uh, part of the episode ends. So eventually with pornography, we need to realize that in this case, beauty is only sin deep. Um, and the things that are flaunted begins to haunt us. And no matter how much money is spent, uh, our lives are wasted because we are choosing to partake of the wicked wares of the adversary. Anytime we take our eyes off the Savior and the good things in life, we are wasting our time, talents, and our energies. 
Um, and and that's that's not beauty. That's lust. That's not love. That's lust. Pornography is not about beauty. It's about lust. Um, now, of course, it it depends on how you define beauty. Because you might say, "Well, of course, it's about beauty." I'm not, you know. Anybody out there who who has seen it, they're not looking at something that's ugly according to their definition of what ugly is. Because we know the world has really skewed uh, the definition of beauty and used it to skewer a lot of men and women in the, the, the trap, the prison that pornography is. Because really, that type of beauty that the world seeks uh, is is only favorable and sought after until something else draws our our eyes and our our hearts uh, away from to another to, to to the next distraction to the next the next fling um, the next. Uh, The next flirtation, the next anything that, that causes our desires to get stuck in the mires of life and causes our, our minds and our hearts to become trapped in the doldrums of the devil's doldrums of sin. Now, let's move on a little bit um, to life. Because on life on the seas sometimes can be boring. And so, you know, sailors and pirates used to come up with these great songs, shanties, so to speak, or so to sing. And uh, the devil loves to sing songs that speak to our minds and our bodies. And he flatters us into thinking that no matter how plain we may be, you know, unattractive and plain, uh, or or unskilled or unintelligent, that we can find fun and excitement if we'll come sailing with him, if we'll join his crew. First of all, let me tell you this. You actually would believe the devil and the devil's definition of you and your life, that you are plain Do you not know that in God's eyes and in God's heart, you, listening to this right now, are more precious than any gemstone or treasure or any other creation? In this world and in worlds throughout universes, you are the most precious of all God's creations. Don't you forget that. And you may have forgotten it because that's what the devil wants us to believe or or to forget. Because if we really do remember that we are a child of God, if we really do remember our eternal worth, 
There is great power in that. There is great power in that to overcome temptation. There is great power in that to overcome addiction. There is power in that to overcome discouragement, depression, despair. Every trial, every tragedy, even health issues, sicknesses, diseases, plagues. Knowing that we are children of God gives us peace and comfort. It doesn't mean our lives are perfect, but it means that we can get through them, that we can rise above them. And there is great joy and happiness in knowing that we can do that because not only of who we are, but whose we are. And the devil hates it when we remember who we are and whose we are because it takes away his power. It takes away his ability to make us miserable. Because how can we truly be miserable if we know that our Heavenly Father loves us and is watching over us? And yes, a lot of times, and that's why when we have troubles and trials, the devil's right there to try to get us to say, Ah, see, God doesn't love you. If he loved you, he wouldn't have let this happen to you. If he loved you, he wouldn't have done this. Or if he loved you, he would bless you with this because he knows how much you need it that those are difficult times because the devil sounds so convincing. And of course, we're already feeling discouraged and depressed. So we're tempted to believe him. Yeah, you're right. God must not love me. God must not care because if he did, why would he let this happen? Or why would he let this happen to my family member or my friends or myself? Why? These are dangerous waters to sail in, my friend. Because when we start doubting God, especially when we start defining God according to what the devil is telling us, we can find ourselves vulnerable to all sorts of attacks and all sorts of terrible things in this life. So, um, I want to remind you that well, let me let me give one more thought before I remind you. So remind me, I was going to remind you of something. Okay, in our life, even from the very beginning, before we came to Earth, we know that we chose mortality. We chose Earth. We chose life. But we also know that Lucifer, the son of the morning, and however uh, you want to describe him, didn't just disobey. Heavenly Father didn't just say, here, 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 I'm here too, send me and I'll, I'll take the glory and I'll, I'll make sure everybody gets back and I want the glory. I want to be higher, in a sense, from what I understand, he wanted to be even higher than God. He wanted the praise and glory and honor. And that's, uh, that's not cool, for lack of better words at this time, just to get going on the thought. But before he was cast out of heaven, he also was able to convince our some of our other brothers and sisters, a lot of our other brothers and sisters, to follow him and believe in his plan, even though they knew that he it wasn't going to work. They just rebelled. They committed mutiny. And because of that, they were cast out. Never to return. 
And we talk about the atonement of Jesus Christ. The atonement of Jesus Christ is not for them. It's for us. And because we're here on earth, that means there's still hope. We're not cast out. We're not cast off. We don't have to walk the eternal plank as long as we're willing to choose to repent and return to righteous waters through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And yet still, still, every day, all the devil asks, all the devil desires is for us to to look at him, to look away from the Savior and to look at him and to listen to him and his deceptions and believe his lies so that he can discourage us and destroy us. He wants us to worship him. He wants us to follow him. Don't do it. And here's something that will help. I want to remind you of your priceless worth and your divine nature above all other creations in the entire universe. And yes, the devil knows this, and that's why he wants to destroy you. He doesn't want you to have happiness, eternal happiness, because he never can. He never will. He can't. But he also doesn't want you to have happiness in this life. And it just makes him furious that you have something or have the opportunity and the potential to have something he can never have. Now, he gets eternal life. We get eternal life. Well, I should say he gets to live forever. Eternal life is more of a positive thing. Eternal life means life with our Heavenly Father, with our Savior, Jesus Christ. The devil gets eternal damnation. There's nothing, there's nothing living or that I would define as life according to what he's, he's enduring, what he's having to, to live. And that's why he, he as, as the scripture says, he desires all men and women and children to be miserable like unto himself. Because when you're sad, when you're miserable, you can't stand it when someone else is happy. In fact, if you have anything to to say about it, you're going to try to ruin their day too. You're going to try to, you know, ruin, ruin their happiness so that you're not alone, but also so that you don't have to feel more miserable because you realize that someone else is happy and you're not. But in our lives, because you are a child of God, because of your priceless, precious worth, greater than any treasure ever created, Even all the treasures in this world combined don't even equal one atom of your precious worth. The devil hates that. Because of that, the Lord is with you. And through his atonement, you can have not only eternal life, but eternal joy and peace. And you don't have to wait until he comes back. You can experience that now in this life. Sure, you may have to work through some things. You may have to uh, repent of some things and work through things and overcome things and climb some mountains. But knowing that you're a child of God means that you have access to his help, to his strength, to his love and light and comfort and peace. 
And the devil is trying every day to make you forget that and not remember that or realize it. But I promise you it's there. It is yours because you are a precious and priceless child of God every day. All right. This is part three of episode two. We're going to continue talking about pirates today and sprinkle in a few random thoughts in between. Of course, the most notorious pirate in the world uh, is the devil, the adversary of all mankind. And unfortunately, too many of us have fallen prey to his tactics of trying to get us to trust him that the worldly ways, the things of the world, the pleasures and treasures of the world are more comforting and encouraging and empowering than the things of the Lord, the things of God. And what's sad is that we begin to trust and rely on the things that the devil has created to destroy us and deceive us. In other words, we, we, we come to rely because I, I talked about addictions. I talked about just in this last part of this episode, the pirates of pornography. And once we start relying on them and trusting them, not only is it dangerous to our lives, to our, our vessels, meaning our minds and our hearts and our bodies, but the devil and I'm, I hope that this image will kind of help you kind of combat this because the devil laughs all the time, knowing that not only are, are you going to be miserable because you you sailed into his waters and you started partaking of things that were evil, or you brought things on board your ship that were going to destroy it. I mean, I don't know that if if sailors in the old days or even in current days had trouble with termites, but I promise you that if you bring the termites of temptation onto your vessel, which in those days, in the days of piracy, and I know there are pirates today, but we're kind of talking about the uh, pirates of old a little bit. Those ships were made of wood. So you can draw your own conclusions there because if you bring anything evil onto your vessel, it could contaminate your food supply. It could contaminate your water supply. It could put holes in your ship. And, of course, the barnacles, barnacles on the ship, um, not repairing leaks that over time will sink your ship. So there's a lot of ways that the adversary tries to get us. And as he does he laughs. He has a good time. That's, that's all he does. That's where he gets his joy. And it's not even called joy, but you know, I don't think the devil could ever really be happy or have joy, but he certainly does. Um, however, we're going to define it does laugh because he knows that we're not just going to be miserable, uh, but that he's the cause of it, you know? All, all, all through our lives, every day, the devil knows exactly how to speak the words that impress us and give us false hopes. You know, there's no sin or there's, you can sin. You won't get in that much trouble. You know, we, 
we, we are tempted to seek after our own interests and fulfill our own lusts and wants uh, at any price or peril. Because the devil has deceived us that there is no peril, that he loves us and wants the best for us, at least until he's done using us, and then he discards us or throws us in his dungeon where he forgets about us, forsakes us, and again laughs at us knowing that he got his revenge. What do you mean he got his revenge? As I spoke about uh, in the earlier section of this episode, the devil was cast out of heaven for rebellion, and he took a lot of our brothers and sisters with him. Now, he didn't just go away and think, oh, okay, you're right. Um, I was wrong. I'll accept going to being cast out and going to hell. No, he became even more angry and he sought revenge. So how does he get revenge? He's been cast out of heaven. He can't hurt Heavenly Father. He can't even get close to him. Well, he gets his revenge through us by deceiving and destroying us. That's how he gets his revenge on Heavenly Father. And so that's why he has created so many temptations, so many ways, so many wicked ways to get us as righteous sailors in the seven seas of life to not know how to steer our vessel, to not know how to protect our vessel, to become lost and to become too tired or too weary to defend ourselves once he sends his pirates to attack us. Because that's what pirates do. I talked about that earlier. Pirates plunder. Pirates destroy and they steal the things that are most precious to us. If the pirates have no use, because sometimes things that are precious to us may not be precious to other people, certainly not to the adversary. So if the adversary can't use what we have, in other words, if we don't join him and use our time, talents, and treasure to help him destroy God, then he has to destroy us, or at least try to, so that we can't use our time, talents, and treasures to help God build his kingdom and protect his children from the adversary. Now, it would be wise to remember as we sail through life that our Heavenly Father will come to our rescue against the devil and his pirates. But in the meantime, and in the meantime, we also have to learn how to recognize pirates and repel them through the teachings and the strength that God gives us every day, not just on Sundays. I think too many times we we go to church on Sunday or we study the scriptures on Sunday or whatever day you go to church, whatever church you go to, it could be on a Saturday or a Wednesday. A lot of times I think we sort of think that that's enough to get us through the whole week, but it's not. That's like saying, well, I'm only going to eat on Sunday and the food that I eat and the water that I drink on Sunday or church day is going to be enough to last me until the next Sunday or the next church day. No, we need 
deity daily. We need a we need deity in our diets daily because the adversary is going to attack us daily. So we need strength and uh, resistance and righteousness every day, and that comes from prayer, scripture study, from good friends and family members, from reading and listening to the prophets of old and the current prophets and apostles in our lives, in our world. Because the devil, again, knows that as we believe and realize who we are and whose we are, it's going to be harder for him to to, uh, to plunder us, to plunder our lives. So the devil knows that if he can get us to disbelieve that God isn't our father, doesn't care, doesn't want to come rescue us, or can't rescue us, or perhaps even more discouraging, feel like God just doesn't care about us because we're not worth it. We're not worth his time or because he's forgotten about us because we're not that special and we don't matter. And this is what I meant earlier when I said that sometimes, most of the times, when a pirate was about to attack a vessel, it raised a flag. And that flag, the symbol on that flag was so so evil or so and so recognizable that it caused fear and depression in the crew that the pirate ship was about to attack and they just gave up and that's why the devil doesn't always have to get us to sin to uh, capture us and to ruin our lives it has to discourage us and depress us into thinking that especially when we've made a mistake that there's no hope, there's no help, there's no way to fix it, there's no way to come back from a mistake. There's no way to live a good life after we've wasted so many years uh, of living a bad life. But that's not true. These are lies. And that's what, that's the reason why this, why this podcast exists. It's to teach truths. It's to get your mind and your heart back on track. It's to expose the evil deceptions and lies of the adversary so that you can get back to living your best life. So I hope that each of these thoughts, even random thoughts, will help give you better direction and protection, but especially to give you the courage and the faith to turn your hearts and your minds toward God who will help lead and guide you and guard you throughout your entire life. And that through the atonement of Jesus Christ, which you can apply right now, you can be free. You no longer need to be indentured to the service or rather the slavery of the adversary. If you have been, you are now a repentant pirate and your life is made new through Jesus Christ. You are clean, you are pure, and his blood has replaced your pirate blood forever. That's what the atonement is. And you can have that. You, you can be those things I just said every day. You don't have to be stained anymore by the sins or the wickedness of this world, but you can be sustained 
by your faith in the living Son of God and His atoning sacrifice, which will make you free indeed, and which you can begin experiencing the blessings from immediately if you will turn your heart towards Him. Turn your vessel towards Him. Now, the devil hesitates not. The devil never hesitates to scheme and plan and strategize on how to deprive Heavenly Father not only of the virtue of his fair sons and daughters, us, you and me, but to deprive our Heavenly Father of our love, our allegiance, and our souls forever. Because Heavenly Father, because he is our Father, he doesn't just want us to check in with him on Sundays or quickly before we say a prayer and jump into bed. He needs our love. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be virtuous. Yes. He also wants us to love him just as we would want any of our children to love us and our friends and family members to love us. Now, I also talked about, uh, I think in part one, about how we are, we are not orphans. Because God abandoned us, it was we who abandoned him. So a couple more thoughts on that. The devil is also not an orphan. He rebelled against and abandoned Abba from the very beginning of of everything. He was cast out. He's no longer part of the family. And now he seeks his revenge by deceiving and stealing the souls of men and women and children And by children, I don't mean little kids. I just mean children, meaning children of God. Sometimes you think of men and women as as older people. We're all children of God. So maybe I should just say men and women, because we're all all children at one point or another. So let's, let's just go with that. So he seeks to steal the souls of men and women. To mock the plan of God. Because the plan of God is the salvation of mankind. So if the devil steals our souls, he poisons us and defeats our divinity and our eternal destinies. He wins, at least in our individual soul's case. But he doesn't have to win, is what I'm saying. It's up to us. We choose whether the devil wins or loses. It doesn't mean we have to live perfect. It doesn't mean we, we aren't going to sin and make mistakes. It just means that we are choosing the Savior, Jesus Christ. Not just more than we're choosing the devil, but we are constantly, consistently choosing the Savior. Because we are not orphans either. We have heavenly parents who love us, who will protect us and never leave or abandon us. So that's why we need to make sure that we are living lives where we are not rebelling or abandoning them. And speaking of pirates, we cannot live our lives waving both the flag of our faith and the flag of filth or the flag of a pirate. We must choose not only which banners to believe in, but which flags to forsake. 
we cannot hoist the title of liberty and continue to wear the dirty rags of unrighteousness. We cannot serve both the pirate king and the king of kings, Jesus Christ. Because we become who we serve. And as we know, no man can serve two masters. You can't. Because eventually, as the scripture says, you're going to love one and hate the other. You just can't. You cannot serve two masters. It's, it's, that's not just being a workaholic. That's It will destroy you. Don't do it. And as we raise the flags of faith in our lives, we will be able, and we will be able to have the courage to not only discard the flags of filth, but help to destroy, even burn every flag that does not bring you and uh, others closer to our Savior and our Heavenly Father. All right, I talked about romance uh, a little while ago. Let's go another thought. Let's do another another romance on the high seas here. This is probably directed more to, nah, let's direct it to, to everybody because I think everybody's um, has felt this way once in a while. But how long are we going to complain to Heavenly Father? that it seems like there are only pirates to marry in this world. You know, how often do we find our, our true prince or princess, but pass them by because we think, well, we're not worthy of them. We're only worthy of a pirate because of the life that we've lived. And in fact, a lot of times those princess, princesses and princes look at other people the same way. Oh, you were attacked by the pirates of pornography once? Well, I certainly can't date you. I don't care if you've uh, come to live a better life through the atonement of Jesus Christ. I don't believe in the atonement of Jesus Christ that much. I believe that the atonement of Jesus Christ can change my life, but I certainly don't think it can change your life, especially when you've allowed yourself to be a pirate or be plundered by pirates, you know, whatever the scenario is, we're just too harsh on each other. We're too quick to judge. We think that because someone had a, a pirate past that they can't have a righteous future, that they can't overcome, that they can't discard and, and rise above. And I think that's why a lot of, there's a lot of lonely people in this world. It's not because there's not opportunities it's because we've lost sight of being able to, to see people how God sees people and that people can change. Even people who were pirates or who were trying to be pirates, they can change. They can be changed through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Through his light and love, people can be restored to righteousness. And to think that people cannot change is really denying the Savior's love. It's really saying to 
him in a sense, and, and, and to Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity of bringing this wonderful person into my life. But you know what? I just don't believe that the atonement works for, for everybody. I don't think it has that kind of power. I don't think the love and light of Jesus Christ can truly change a life. Oh, oh, sure, it changed mine, but I, I wanted to. I, I knew I was doing what was wrong, and I changed, and I'm, I'm a way better person now. Okay, so then give that other person that credit. I'm not saying that you should go around finding people who have lived bad pasts and and just forget everything about it. That's not what I'm saying. You do have to really get to know that person and really find out if they have changed. doesn't mean that they're perfect or have to be perfect to be in a relationship with them. I'm just saying be careful as you're complaining to Heavenly Father that you're lonely, that you're also not being too judgmental about other people who really are great people that just got detoured, sidetracked, shipwrecked, but who are now, through the power and love of Jesus Christ and His atonement, are actually living a better life than they were before they were attacked by pirates, right? Now, again, by their fruits, ye shall know them. By their flags, ye shall know them. And just because a great guy or a great girl looks and sounds and acts like a good guy and a great girl, it doesn't mean they're the right one for you anyway. We need people that are compatible with us. We need people that will help us be our best and people that we can help be their best. That's what dating is for. That's what life is about. We learn about each other and we decide, you know what? Okay, maybe you did have a pirate past, but man, I see such a great future for you and for us that that's what I'm going to focus on. And some people can't do that. Some people are too focused on the past. Some people don't even want to talk to you if you've had trouble with an addiction or an affliction because they believe that you're you're now you're you're too damaged you're too weak even though yeah okay the savior said he forgives you doesn't mean you're a different person yeah it does that's what the atonement is for the atonement of Jesus Christ isn't just so that the savior says okay you're forgiven, go your way, sin no more. It's a transformation, not just a proclamation. It's not just a proclamation that you are pure. It's a transformation that you will continue to be pure because your desires have now changed. Not just your behavior. You haven't just stopped sinning. You've desired, your desires have changed to where you no longer want to sin. And sometimes we don't give people enough credit. We don't give the Savior even enough credit. It, it's us that don't believe and have forsaken uh, that faith and that power of the atonement in, in people that are right in front of us that could be the very love that we have searched for our whole lives, believing and certain that 
that it didn't didn't even exist, and then we were doomed to sail the seas with only pirates rather than riding through the countryside with uh, faithful prince and princesses, right? And yet we continue to wonder why people disappear, why our, our prince or princess rides away, and then we just have to wait and wonder why we're still alone. No, we don't have to date everybody. We can't date everybody, and certainly we're not going to marry everybody. I'm just, I'm just trying to, and I'm not certainly not reprimanding anybody. We do have to protect ourselves. We can't just date someone because they're good. We certainly can't marry someone because they're good, or even that we feel good around them. We want someone who will make us great and who we can make great. I'm just saying that don't be don't be too judgmental by a person's past. Don't judge them by where they've been, but rather through the eyes of the savior pray to see where they're going, where they're headed, where where their ship is headed now. Cuz that will tell you more about who they are than their past. You know, it's 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 a frustrating thing when you know, you get into a, a new relationship or even just talking to people, whether it's in person or now, of course, and now with technology, we can meet people online, which has had some proven results for a lot of people. It seems like we're always asking, well, tell me about your your relationships. Have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? Do you have any addictions? We're always looking at the past. We're always asking the other person about their past rather than their present. And what this does is it causes us to focus on the wrong things and give the adversary ammunition to get us to pass them by. Because again, as I said earlier, the devil knows how great it is and how powerful it is when we are not alone. Even God said it is not good for man to be alone. It's also not good for women to be alone. That's because we're stronger together, and the devil knows this. And so any time he can get us to disbelieve and doubt each other and fight with each other and ruin each other's lives or, or pass each other by because we think that we're better than they are or they're worse than us, then we remain in our loneliness and our isolation, which, again, makes it easier for him to destroy us, to pirate us, to plunder us. So I'm, I'm just asking you, yes, be careful in dating. You can't date someone just because they sound good, but certainly don't also pass them by because of you're only looking at their past. Look at the direction of their heart and the direction of their sails and the direction of their ship now in this day. Um, because as you recognize who they are, not just who they were, then eventually you'll be like, man, I can't believe I even, even almost passed this person by because I thought that they couldn't change their life, that they, they couldn't be any better. 
But that's what the atonement is. And that's why the devil makes wants to make sure that we don't partake of the atonement and that we don't give other people credit for partaking of the atonement. Now, just as this, this part wraps up, I want to just share a couple more thoughts that as we, as we do try to change our lives, whether we're dating someone or not, or whether we have that opportunity at this time in our life, the devil hates it when we escape him. He hates it. Not just because we're going to go tell our friends and family that he's, he's real and, and this is how you can avoid him and protect yourself against him, but he knows that an opportunity to get back at Heavenly Father, again, that revenge that I spoke of earlier, is going to be missed. And so he will tell us, come back. He'll try to lure us back. And that's just a dangerous, a dangerous place to be. And if we start listening to him and start believing. And I think, I think a thought that goes along with that is that's why it's important to not just get rid of the devil or to escape the devil, but we have to replace those, those parts of our lives with righteousness. We can't just get rid of evil. We have to replace it with, with good things. And we have to run to the Savior and stay close to the Savior. Now, once, once upon a time, yes, the adversary may have occasionally and temporarily claimed our allegiance. And as his uh, apprehended apprentices, if you will, we feel duty-bound to serve him through sin and that we have to disown Heavenly Father. But I think, I think there's more to it than that. I think when, when we sin and when we are uh, captured by the adversary through our own choices, of course, it's not that we feel allegiance to the devil. All right, welcome back to the final part of episode two. I think I need to uh, keep an eye on the timer. A little bit more closely. That last episode, I hate hated to leave you leave leave you hanging there. I know it cut out in the middle of a thought, so I'll start that thought over. So I apologize for that. Maybe I can trim it out somehow, and you won't even notice it. But I'll keep better keep better tabs on the timer going forward. Eventually, someday, maybe there will be a different platform or a different way I can upload audio to where I won't have to do it in 30-minute segments. I can actually finish things. And it might not be as tidy as 30 minutes long each, but at least there won't be any need to say, okay, sorry, 30 minutes are up. Got to wait till the next part of the episode to continue this thought. Anyway, let's finish up and end on a good note. I was talking about just previously about how sometimes when we're dating and finding relationships, we often the loneliness we bring upon ourselves because we're we're judging two people too we're judging people too harshly and i'm not talking about well they're too short or they 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 don't weigh a certain weight or i don't like their hair color or whatever it is they're not taller than me when i wear high heels i've heard some girls say you know or they don't live they don't live close enough they live 
20 miles away, but I'm looking for someone who only lives 10 miles away. And we put all these, these parameters and disclaimers on, on dating. It's, surprise, it's surprising that people even find people to date in the first place. But I was talking about how people, and of course talking about pirates today, um, that we look at their past, and if there's any piracy at all, we just sail on by. We throw them overboard. We don't even care. We don't even want to talk to them. But, the, but what we're saying is, you know what? I don't believe that. I don't believe the atonement works in your life. I don't believe the atonement's for everybody. I don't think. I don't believe that Jesus Christ actually suffered and died for you. He did for me. But I'm going to find someone who's lived a perfect life. I'm going to live someone who hasn't had to use the atonement as much as you have. Because that's how I define whether or not somebody's righteous or good enough for me uh, by the times they've sinned compared to the times I've sinned or whatever it is. It's just sad. And so I went, this is the thought that got cut off, was, yes, the adversary may have occasionally and temporarily claimed our allegiance. And I talked about how we we feel as his apprehended apprentices that we feel duty bound to serve him through sin and also to disown father in heaven. But the thought that I was continuing with was, I don't think that's really where our allegiance lies. I think what, what happens is the devil deceives us and discourages us into thinking that because we sinned, even occasionally and temporarily, that God doesn't want us back anymore, that he has disowned us. And so if God has disowned us, then of course we can't come back. And so what's our other option? Well, we continue to sin. And we find greater sins, and we, we, we do give our allegiance to the adversary because we think there's no one else to give it to because we've already ruined our relationship with Heavenly Father. So we're done. But that's not true. It's such a lie. But, it, but it's such a good lie that people believe it. People believe that there's no hope because they've been gone too long or they've done so many sins or so many great sins or sinned for so long, too long, they can't come home. Like the prodigal son, I'm sure he could have came home, he would have come home a lot sooner if he would have realized, I just, I, I need to know, maybe maybe I can be forgiven. Maybe I don't need to live my life in the mires, in the muck, with the pigs. Maybe Maybe there's a chance. And thankfully he listened and he came home, and thankfully his father listened and loved him back and welcomed him back. It's such a great story, the prodigal son, and we think, oh, that's a Bible story. That can't happen for me. I've, I've, I've done worse than the prodigal son. I've done worse than the, the, you know, the prodigal daughter. Does it matter? The atonement of Jesus Christ covers everybody if they're willing to come back home. And it doesn't matter where we were born or where we were born. We're still children of God. And no matter how many birthdays we've had or have left, we can be made new daily and reborn through Christ. 
so that the devil has no claim upon us. And it's hard for him to distract us and destroy us from our divine duties and destinies in this world. And yes, we're still going to make mistakes. Yes, um, we're still going to be imperfect. But that's not a, a requisite of repentance or the love and healing of Jesus Christ. What's requisite is that we return to him, that we turn our hearts and our minds and our strength, our time, talents, and treasures back to him, back to his work and his kingdom. And yes, once we realize this, once what we've done was wrong, we do feel ashamed and alone. This is the moment when we reach out and seek Heavenly Father and ask for his forgiveness and to let us back into his arms of love, which are already outstretched to us. But again, the devil, relentless, the never giving up pirate that he is, tries to quickly remind us that, hey, we're unclean. God would never take us back and that we are now God's enemies. So we might as well give up, lose hope, forget about faith and sail on into blackness and bleakness of life. A life of sin, where we're just going to live alone and afraid and forget about any happiness that we could have known or had. It's just a sad, sad way to live. It really, truly is. That's what the atonement's for. That's why, that's why I'm reminding you. That's why God is reminding you through other ways, through other people, that you're not alone, that you're not cast off, you're not a cast away, you're not stranded on the island of, of sin without a way home. Now, let's say our vessel, our ship, wherever it is, it's also our home, right? So if we are tuned in to the Spirit of God, no intruder is going to come unnoticed into our homes, our hearts, our minds to steal, steal, kill, and destroy our peace and defile our vessels of virtue, our sacred temples, our homes. Because the more, spirit, the more we have the Spirit of God in our lives and we acquire more of it through prayer, through scripture study, through serving others, loving others. We recognize the devil's disguise. We recognize that he's a pirate, and then we kick him out, and we kick him off our, our property, and we keep him back. And we, I mean, we keep him from coming back. We keep him out. And a lot of times when, when we talk about discouragement, we're not as trapped by temptation as we think we are. I mean, technically, when we give in to temptation, we forfeit our birthright and our mansions in heaven, right? As the scripture says, for no unclean thing can dwell in God's presence. So then if we can't have a mansion in heaven, then we're condemned to the depths of hell, right? But again, and that's what this podcast is for. It's kind of a, it, it's a lot of random thoughts, but each one, that's, is, is, is a testimony about life, about love, about hope and faith, and especially about who you are and whose you are. 
you are a child of God, and therefore you have every right to be happy and to have joy and peace in this life. And so I don't, every, every thought, and that's why I say it's random righteous reflections, because these are thoughts about God and about the adversary and about life. To help us not forget that Christ died for us, he suffered and died for us, to free us from the evil pirate's carnal curses so that we don't need to be trapped by temptation's tentacles anymore or dragged down into the deep, dark waters of despair. Jesus Christ broke the bands of death and set us free. Do not listen to the devil's lies. Believe in Jesus, the Son of God, because we are free. We are free. And if you want to talk about, uh, well, let's let's let me run one more thought by you, and then we'll go back to some more uh, romance on the high seas, because I think that's important. It is important. We're not meant to be alone. Um, let's start with this thought. A lot of times, you could say that if if well, let's just go with this. The devil knows that plundering at night is best because he has, it's not just because he has more places to hide, but because it's harder for us to see him. And that's why it's, it's crucial that through our every crucible, we have the light of Christ shining from within us so that we can see the devil approaching, we can prepare against him. And so that the shadows of sin will be shunned and they'll run from us back to their master. Because when we have the light of Christ, darkness cannot touch us. Darkness has to stay away. And have you ever noticed that when you're, I don't remember where I've heard this. I I think I've heard it several places in several different ways. But when you are facing the Lord, when you're facing the light, you don't see the shadows. You only see the shadows when you turn away from the Lord. And in a sense, isn't that a great uh, detector or a great reminder? Why am I seeing so many shadows? Why does life look so dark and bleak? And depressing. Oh yeah, because I'm not facing the Savior. I'm not turning towards Him. I'm not keeping my eyes on Him. You know the uh, the story about the prophet named Lehi who had a dream, and he saw this beautiful tree of life, and there was a an iron rod that extended down a straight path, a straight and narrow path, to the tree from where he was, from the entrance or the beginning point. And he noticed a lot of people making their way towards that tree, and they were holding on to the rod. However, some of them did let go, and there were these mists of darkness. And the mists of darkness caused the people to lose their way because they didn't hold on to the iron rod. And it's the same thing with us. 
if we are not holding on to the iron rod or the word of God and receiving of his love and his light, then it becomes very difficult for us to find our way when the the fog, the mists of darkness, so to speak, um, surround us. I don't know if you've ever tried to sail a boat through fog. It's it's uh, it's impossible with your eyes alone. I remember, I think only one time we were on a family vacation, and we were out on this boat, and uh, I, I won't talk about uh, how pretty much all of us got seasick, but. What was interesting and amazing afterwards, once we got back to land, that while we were sailing, we were we were in fog. We couldn't see very far ahead or in, in any direction around us. And it seemed to me like we had had uh, there were no sails. It was it was a, it was a um, a diesel powered engine boat. It seemed to me like we were out in the middle of nowhere, literally miles and miles from shore, which can be a scary feeling when you're on a little boat in a big ocean and there are waves that uh, literally are making you sway back and forth. And you're wondering, man, if we drown, there's no way I can swim back to shore. But this mist, this fog was so intense that... You couldn't see anything. You could hear things. You could you you could hear a foghorn somewhere in the distance. You could kind of make out other ships once in a while, but it 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 was kind of scary. And ironically, once the fog cleared and we were back on shore, we weren't even maybe two miles away from shore. But when you can't see things. You, your mind can play tricks on you. It can be very discouraging and deceiving, and that's what that's why the adversary wants to come at night or wants to come during during uh, the fog, during doubt and depression in our lives, because it's easier to deceive us, to disorient us, and to make us think that we're so far away from from God, we're so far away from happiness, we're so far away from joy that we'll never make it back. So we might as well give up. We might as well either just give in to sin or jump overboard and just forget about trying to be happy ever again. And that's such a sad place to be. And I know there are people out there listening to this who maybe feel like that or have felt like that. Don't give up. Don't give up. The light and love of Christ is there for you. Don't give up. It will lead you home and it will bring you safely there. Yes, there are still trials. Yes, there are still waves and sharks and wickedness and pirates. But love will lead you home and it will get you through. Now, speaking of love, let's get back to uh, romance on the high seas. And by romance... Of course, I mean more than just flowers and, and dates and 
things like that, things that you see a lot of times in the Hollywood movies. Have you ever noticed that in Hollywood movies, they it's not that they're bad. I mean, a lot of times the guy gets the girl because he, he is doing the right things. He is treating her right or she is treating him right. And they do fall in love and they do realize that they are great for each other. And even with trials and, and some obviously Hollywood planted dramatic twists and cliffhangers, they still find each other. They still uh, return to each other. They still fall in love. They still uh, get married. And I, I could be wrong. Let me know if I am. But I think most happy endings in Hollywood movies and even Disney movies end with the people getting married, right? That's it. They, they show the people who fall in love and how they fall in love and why they're falling in love. And, and they get to the marriage part, but then the movie ends. And a lot of times that's the part where the movie really needs to start. That's where we really need to know what happens afterwards. Because I can tell you that love songs and, and uh, perfect dates, so to speak, are romantic and enchanting. But it takes so much more than clever lines and lyrics to create love especially a love that is everlasting and one that you can keep it alive and thriving, not just for eternity, but during mortality too. You know, most of, most of the movies, they end at the marriage. But that's where real love really begins. Because, and you might not think it because I think a lot of people share stories about, well, I don't want to get married because I always hear about these bad stories. Well, what makes a difference? What makes the difference between somebody who's having a great dating relationship and then all of a sudden they get married and it all just falls apart? What happens between uh, saying, will you marry me? And then saying, I do. And everything turns into, I don't, or I don't know anymore. What happens between that? And of course, there's no way I could, I could even tell you any percentage of that because everybody has their own reasons. But I believe that it's because we are basing and defining or building the foundation of our relationships on things that it's not that they're bad but we don't sustain them once we're married you know the things that we did to win the other person's heart seem to fall by the wayside once we've won it and maybe that's just a human thing maybe that's just something that we just have to overcome i don't understand I mean, it's not that I haven't experienced it, but even having experienced it, I still don't understand it because it's, it's still a difficult thing to do. You would think that when you find that perfect person, that even with realistic expectations, 
you still think things are going to work out more often than they're not going to work out. You're going to have more blessings and happy, exciting, romantic times than you are discouraging, frustrating times. And that's, I think that's a realistic expectation, but it's not realistic, realistic. (laughs) It's not realistic to think that it's automatic. And maybe that's what happens. Maybe we think that because I've now earned their heart, not just won it, but earned it, and that they've earned mine, that now it's automatic. But it's not. Because see, in the beginning, you were, you were doing all these great things, these sweet little things, and saying all the right things and doing all the right things because you, there was a risk, there was a chance that you might lose them unless you were on your best behavior, unless you were at your very best. You were not just sending them Hallmark cards. You were making them homemade, and you were writing words that would rival the epic poets of the past to win their hearts, and you finally win it, win their hearts, earn their hearts, and they do the same for you. So that must mean you both are on the same page, and now you don't have to work for it anymore. I don't know. Maybe that's there, I know there's some truth to that, but you have to not just find love and earn love. You have to maintain it and not just maintain it, but improve it. But some people, and I don't say this in a, a judgmental way, because a lot of so, some people don't do that. And it's not because they don't want to, it's because they don't know how to. And that's why I brought up the Hollywood movies. We know how to to woo and win uh, a woman or a man because even even if we just did the things they did in Hollywood, that would be enough because we like to be appreciated. We like to be uh, around people who make us feel happy and fun and make us feel beautiful and handsome and all those things. And those are the people we want to stay with. Those are the people we want to be around and fall in love with. But then it ends with the marriage at them getting married. And we think that the same things we did in dating are the same things we can do when we're married. And that's enough. And it's not. You still need to do those dating things. But now you have to do them on a more daily and more consistent basis. And that's tougher to do. And that's why I say you can't just have love songs and um, Hallmark cards and things like that because you're going to be challenged. You have to, you're going to encounter a whole new set of challenges which we can't learn from Hollywood. We can't learn from uh, Disney. We can't learn from uh, documentaries. And that's why it's very important that we have the Spirit of God in our relationships, both while we're dating and after we're married. Because if God said, and I'll end with this, if God said it's not good for man to be alone, and whenever I say man or woman, you can apply it to either one, okay? So I might not always clarify, it could be man or woman. So just choose 
choose the gender that you are and go go that route. But if God said, it is not good that man should be alone, that was not just a declaration. It was, it was something that he was also willing to help bring to pass. So if you want to go back to Adam and Eve, when, he, when God said that, it is not good for man to be alone, so I'm going to take a part of Adam and I'm going to make Eve. Great. So now they're not alone. But that's not enough. God didn't, God's intention, his definition of alone wasn't just being in the same room with someone watching TV or being in the same bed or bedroom with someone or being in the same house. Because alone, being alone is something much more than a physical thing. When God says it's not good for man to be alone, he's not just talking about sex. He's not just talking about having someone to help you do the dishes or clean the bathrooms or do the laundry or do the yard work. He's talking about real companionship. He's talking about somebody who is your helpmate, someone who is your confidant, someone who is your best friend, someone who is your everything. Your everything? Yeah, because don't you remember the other scripture also where it says, wherefore a man shall leave his mother and father, he'll leave everything and cleave unto his wife and none else. None else includes people, places, and things. It includes everything. It even includes children. Because the union of marriage is so sacred and so important to our Savior and to our Heavenly Father, and it should be to us as well. And that's why we need His help to make sure that it is sustained and protected and uh, strengthened against everything in this world that the adversary has created. If you look at it, if you look at it on a, a very spiritual, good versus, not just good versus evil, but a, a very spiritual and loving level, you will see that everything the adversary has created is to destroy whatever God thinks is most sacred. And I promise you that the love between a man and a woman, marriage, and having a family is the most sacred thing to our Heavenly Father. And so that's where all of the forces of the adversary are going to be focused. And if that's true, and it is true, then how much more important it is for us to fortify our relationships and build our marriages on the strength and the foundations and the rock of Jesus Christ and His church and His teachings and his light, and his love. So, that being said, all of you single sailors out there, even you married sailors, stay true, stay on course, stay with each other, love each other, invite the Lord into your marriage every single day. He will show you how to love each other 
even greater and make each other even greater. That's the best way we can sail through this life. That's the best way we can defeat pirates, sharks, anything. Prevent from being shipwrecked, prevent from being stray, going astray, off course, and stuck in the doldrums of despair and depression is by loving and serving each other and staying close to our Savior, our Master and Commander. Go live your life and sell your life the greatest today.